Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you this morning. Thank you for joining us. I'm Sarah, and this is Micah, and we're the pastors at the Vine Church. We're so glad to be virtually with you today. That has been a blessing in this season when we can't meet um, in person. But we're also really, really excited today to announce our first in-person gathering since March. So we are so ecstatic about it. On December 23rd, we will have an outdoor Christmas celebration on the lawn of Desert Springs Covenant Church in Pasco. It's the building that we are currently purchasing. And so we're really excited. The details are online. It's from 6 to 645. We'll be outside, so bundle up, bring blankets and lawn chairs, and we can spread out in that grassy area. You're also welcome to come and park in the parking lot and watch the service from your car. Either way is fine with us. Please do make sure and look at the details online and register online. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. We will have safety measures in place, but we are excited to see people. It's going to it's gonna be a great opportunity to see faces again and to celebrate together. Speaking of which, we're talking about joy today. I'm pretty joyful for what's uh, coming mm-hmm. up. So I like to think of myself as a backpacker. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's been years since I've been backpacking. Uh, our kids are 9 and 11 mm-hmm. now, so it has been... Uh, I've not done a lot of backpacking in the last decade. But I remember when I first fell in love with backpacking. Um, I was uh, just out of college, 21, 22 years old, and there was a guy in the church who was into backpacking, and he started bringing a group of guys up, and it became this annual two or three times a year we would uh, go have this kind of spiritual retreat. And there's this moment when backpacking, um, after a long day's hike, uh, you're miles and miles up a mountain with 60 or 70 pounds on your back, and you finally get to your destination mm-hmm. and you get to, to set your bag down right next to the lake or the stream that you're, you're going to be camping next to. And you finally take that weight off your shoulders and you look around at just this serene place. You look up at the sky and the, and the clouds are rolling by. And there's this moment of just absolute mm-hmm. serenity, release and joy in that place. Uh, we need to do some backpacking again, I think, because as I was considering joy, uh, that that is the first thing that came to mind for me. I love that for you. <laughs> it's a great thing for him, right? <laughs> we are excited today to talk about joy. We've been in Advent and are still in our Advent series. And Advent is a season of preparation, of waiting expectantly on the coming of Jesus. And we've talked about how that coming of Jesus is past, present, and future. In the past, he came, he was born. Currently, he is coming. The kingdom of God is coming right here in our midst, and Jesus will come again. So today, on the third Sunday of Advent, we join Christians all over the world, and we say, come, Lord Jesus. You are our hope, you are our peace, and you are our joy. Today, we talk about joy. Yeah. So our good friend Webster would define joy (laughs) as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Yeah, there you go. That's joy. Uh, And that is joy. That's an accurate description of it. But as with so many terms, as we dive into scripture and just the depth and the magnitude of scripture, we find these terms meaning a lot more than maybe they would in a dictionary. And certainly in the context of our relationship with God, we find new meaning and depth in the idea of joy. Um, So, 
the biblical idea of joy is rooted in hope and deliverance. Throughout scripture, when we read the word joy, it's quite often in the context of deliverance. You can rejoice. You can be joyful because you, Israel, have been rescued or you, as a follower of Jesus, have been redeemed, right? So it's often in the context of this idea of new hope or deliverance. Also, as we read about joy in scripture, it's typically speaking of some sort of communal experience. Uh, in, in the Old Testament, we're reading of Israel's festivals and um, uh, their feasts and their annual celebrations. And these are a time and occasion for joy throughout scripture. Joy is often associated with what a community is coming together to experience. So we as followers of Jesus, you know, it's really easy to read scripture in very individualistic terms. Like, so what does it look like for me to have joy? Yes, that's accurate. And there's a lot of of verses in scripture that speak to that. But we want to broaden the conversation to say it's also about as followers of Jesus, we, the church, what does it look like to be a people that have found joy in the fact that Jesus is for us, that we have new hope, that we have been uh, delivered, and we are, are headed in an entire, entirely new direction because of what Jesus has done in our lives. So today we, we explore the idea of joy, joy in our individual lives and joy corporately in what Jesus has done. So what I hear you speaking to is that as Christians, our joy is found in Jesus. Because Jesus is our deliverer. So Jesus is God. He took on human form. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, his birth. He drew near. He stepped into um, just the mess of this world. And, and as we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But Jesus didn't remain a little baby in the manger. Jesus grew and he taught and he healed. He performed miracles. He raised people from the dead and towards the end of his life on earth. He allowed himself to be crucified by those in power so that he could defeat he could defeat evil and sin and offer us hope and salvation. And so we can experience joy knowing that Jesus has and continues to offer deliverance to us. And so what I love about this definition of joy is that we can experience this deep and profound joy even when our life circumstances aren't ideal, even when we're going through challenging times and difficult seasons. And so this joy might not look like this happy, bubbly feeling, this giddy feeling. Um, and yet it's, it's very real and profound, this inner joy, this thankful assurance that God is present and that God is delivering us and that God is offering hope. Joy is also this posture that we take, like Micah said, of choosing to rejoice, a posture of joy. You know, a story about this that I was reminded of this week was um, of our of our little girl, Alyssa, when she was little, when she was five, 
she needed a minor surgery on her face, but because it was on her face, they sent us to Seattle to the children's hospital. And it was a minor thing, but as parents, our firstborn, we were terrified. We were so scared. We went to Seattle. She had this surgery. She was in recovery. And I remember um, sitting by her bed. I'm going to start get all teary eyed <laughs> over it, but I remember sitting by her bed. And as she's waking up, um, her face, uh, it doesn't feel good. It's hurting. And so the nurse comes in and says, sweetie, I'm going to give you some medicine and it's going to help your face feel better. And so she hands her this little bitty cup with the medicine and Alyssa sits up and she drinks the medicine and she doesn't like it, but she drinks it anyway. And as she hands the little cup to the nurse, she looks at her and attempts to smile which hurts her even more, but she attempts to smile. And then she says, thank you to the nurse. And in that moment, my eyes just welled up with tears because in her little life, this was a traumatic experience. This was a difficult time. And yet as a five-year-old, she was choosing joy and thankfulness in that moment. Yeah. So this is the season of Advent, and that literally means uh, coming. He is coming. He has come, and he is coming. And it's uh, the week in which we explore this idea of joy. And the two converge beautifully in Scripture in the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, uh, the story, as it's told in the Gospel of Luke, says that Mary was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. And while she was engaged, an angel came to her, and the angel said this, uh, Greetings, you, are, you who are highly favored by the Lord. And the text says, she was disturbed. Like, what kind of a greeting? Yeah. What kind of a greeting is this? And the angel says to her, Now, don't be afraid, because I have this news for you. The angel tells her, you are pregnant. Now, this is not necessarily great news for a young lady in the first century who's engaged. Um, quite she, alarming, yeah, in fact. <laughs> quite alarming. And we'll go into the yeah. details of that alarm in just a moment. But the angel comes saying, I have good news for you, mm -hmm. in fact. Um, he says, you're going to have this child and you'll name him Jesus. And he is the son of the most high. He will sit on King David's mm -hmm. throne. And all of this is language that she would understand in the first century, uh, speaking of the Messiah, speaking of the one who would come. And this angel is telling her, you will be the one to bring this Messiah into the world. And so Mary begins her nine months of Advent, her nine months of waiting. You know, as I think of Mary and her circumstances, um, joy might not be the most natural response for her in, in this situation. Sometimes we read the story of, of this announcement and the birth of Jesus, and we kind of gloss over the realities of how this played out in her life. She was an unmarried young teenager in the first century. And imagine that conversation when she goes back to her parents and describes what the angel has said. Um, imagine just all the tension and all the confusion and the anger as it comes out that she is pregnant. And she's engaged to Joseph who decides to quietly break off the engagement. Um, it doesn't really make sense that joy is Mary's response here. And yet Mary believes what the angel tells her. In fact, she goes to visit a relative, Elizabeth, 
who's also miraculously pregnant at this time. And Elizabeth says this to Mary. Uh, Elizabeth says, Blessed is she, Mary, who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. Even in the midst of all the struggle and, and all just the craziness that Mary is experiencing, Mary responds with belief and trust in God. Yeah. And in addition to that belief and trust, she leans into this posture and experience of joy. Mm -hmm. In Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 46, uh, this is her prayer or her song. It's often called Magnificat. Uh, she says, My soul glorifies mm -hmm. the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his mm -hmm. servant. From now on, all gen generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. Mm. I love this. As, as Sarah described, I mean, there's so many things that could bring about fear um, or could produce other anxieties or reactions in Mary's life. But she leans into this posture of joy, saying that, all that I am rejoices in God. I praise mm. him. He sees me and he knows me and I humble myself in his presence. But God has chosen to bless not just me, but all generations through what he is doing in this moment. Mary, in her season of Advent, chose a posture of joy. Mm. So for us, what does it look like to find joy in this season of Advent? In the season of waiting and preparing for the coming of Jesus, uh, as we celebrate his past coming and also his current coming, continual coming. You know, it's also this season of pandemic and there's a lot of consequences that we're living out right now of this pandemic. And it's a difficult season. Like Mary, joy may not be the natural or seem like the natural response from us right now, but joy is available to us right now in this season of Advent. First of all, there's good news. We don't have to conjure up this joy in and of ourselves. The Holy Spirit um, produces joy in us. Joy is one of the fruits of the spirits mentioned in Galatians. And that, that in and of itself right there gives me joy. That I don't, I'm not responsible to bring about all this joy in me. God is working joy. So we make ourselves available to yes. the Spirit who is producing mm -hmm. joy in us. And Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah, there's this really cool description. Um, they've just, I, I won't go into all the, all the details of the background, but they've just come across the law. They've read it and they're both mm. excited about having received the law, the word from God. Um, and, and they're also fearful and convicted in this moment. And uh, Nehemiah says to them, um, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so in this season where we're experiencing all sorts of conflicting emotions, uh, we, we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We invite the joy that the Holy Spirit is bringing about in our lives, knowing that the joy of the Lord, the joy that the Holy Spirit is investing in each mm -hmm. one of us will be a strength in a challenging time. You know, often... 
our joy in our life is rooted in other things or comes from other things, maybe our security or our health or our abilities or the money we have or the possessions we have. I know right now in this season of Christmas, leading up to Christmas, many of us are shopping for gifts for just the perfect gift. And we're surrounded by all these messages that this or that will bring joy. This or that thing, that item will bring happiness to our lives. And though it's very fun to both give and to receive gifts, um, this doesn't even compare to the richness and the depth of joy spoken of in Scripture and, and the joy that we can find in Jesus. The deliverance and hope that Jesus brings it brings about great joy, a joy available to us even when life is challenging, even when the circumstances are hard. And, and Jesus, um, of all people, Jesus knows all about joy in difficult circumstances. The author of Hebrews in Hebrews 12 writes, For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Now, there's nothing um, mm. fun or happy or pleasant about death on the cross, quite the contrary, but rather it was the hope and the deliverance that Jesus knew his death and resurrection would bring about that brought him and brings us great, great joy. Absolutely. Final thing on living into joy in this season, uh, John chapter 15 is a very fond passage for me, for us. It's what we named the church from. Mm -hmm. It's where Jesus says, I, Jesus, am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me or if you abide with me, then you'll bear good fruit. And um, it's this beautiful idea of walking with Jesus. And in so doing, we get to participate in the things that he's doing. He accomplishes remarkable things in and through us. And it's easy to miss what he goes on to say in verse 11. He says, I have told you about this idea of abiding in me um, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He says that in walking with me, you will receive my joy and your joy in life can be complete. And that is a pretty beautiful, beautiful invitation for today. So today we're invited to choose a posture of rejoicing and we're invited to experience joy found in Jesus. In Philippians 4, I love this verse. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. We were choosing to rejoice no matter what the circumstances because we have something to rejoice about. Whatever is going on, there is still hope and deliverance in Jesus. In Advent, we remember that Jesus came and that his kingdom is still unfolding in our lives and in our community. And so we rejoice in that. We rejoice in the kingdom of God that brings hope and deliverance. We rejoice in Jesus. And so no matter what you're going through today, we are all invited to rejoice and experience joy in Jesus. So each week during Advent, we light a candle remembering that aspect. So today, the Jones family is going to join us as we light a candle representing joy in our lives. Psalm sixteen eleven, You make known to us the path of life. You will fill us with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. We invite you to pray with us. 
After each statement, we'll all respond, Come, Lord Jesus. Jesus, you are the light of the world. Come, Lord Jesus. You are the light in our darkness. Come, Lord Jesus. Son of God, save us from our sins. Come, Lord Jesus. Bring hope into the lives of all people. Come, Lord Jesus. Give your peace to all nations. Come, Lord Jesus. Be the joy of all who love you. Come, Lord Jesus. Teach us to love as you love. Come, Lord Jesus. Jesus, stay with us always. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 So, this is a season of joy, and each week we've been uh, throwing a song out that you can use to reflect a little bit more. Um, this week, I'm gonna we're gonna post a link for you to a song called "Joy" by Rind Collective. Now, Rind Collective is like our favorite folk rock worship <laughs> band. Oh my goodness, what an amazing combination! Combination, and the message here is uh, of the song about joy really matches the theme and the feel of the song. Uh, because after all, what is more joyful than a banjo? <laughs> Gotta love the banjo. Hope you enjoy it this week. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jones family, for joining us today. We hope to see you next week. Blessings.